the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here today on uh, this week's Church of the Week as we feature a church every single week here bringing you today uh, into the studio. We've got uh, Pastor Glenn Thigpen, pastor of Northwest Hills Baptist Church here in uh, San Antonio. And if I were to guess, Pastor, I would guess that your church is located in the northwest part of San Antonio. It's uh, probably around among the hills, and it's probably a Baptist church. I think, you, I think you nailed it pretty close there. <laughs> we're, we're out towards SeaWorld a little bit, okay. uh, just a little bit west of Bandera Road, uh, a little bit east of Calabria Road, and a little bit north of Ingram Park Mall. So in that area, right in there. All right, it's excellent. The, it's the 78250 zip All right. code area. So everybody out in the 78250 zip code area um, and around that area, we're just asking you guys to come out and uh, – visit uh, Northwest Hills Baptist Church. We want to get to know Pastor Glenn here a little bit, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, tell us how you got here to San Antonio, how you ended up being pastor here at this wonderful church. Okay, well, I'm a Texas boy, uh, born in Houston and raised in a real godly family, had a great Christian home that I was brought up in and came to know the Lord when I was about 10 or 11 years old. And uh, for most of the years after that through high school and college, though, I had no idea at all that God had any kind of special call on my life. I was very involved in sports, like a lot of young guys in high school, played basketball, and pretty much uh, lived and breathed basketball. Yeah. And, uh, then went to college and, and thought I wanted to go into business. So I went to A&M and got, uh, changed majors a few times, started mm-hmm. out in engineering. That wasn't for me. actually had a semester in broadcast journalism. Uh, but unlike you, Mark, it wasn't because I wanted to be on the radio. <laughs> I was going to say, we have job openings. That's right. No, yeah. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. You oh, know? I see. So I thought that was going to be for me. I spent about a semester in broadcast journalism at A&M yeah. uh, and then talked to a really good advisor. I enjoyed uh, mathematics and things like that. So he uh, convinced me that accounting was the thing to go into. Hmm. And I started taking accounting classes. I loved them. So I got my accounting degree, uh, graduated, got my CPA license, Hooked up with a real good accounting firm in downtown Houston. Mm-hmm. Went home and started working and living the life to make a lot of money and retire early like everybody dreams of doing. Right. Uh, met my lovely wife of 21 years uh, during that first year at work. She was in her last year of college in Houston. She's an education major and a teacher now. Mm-hmm. And we got married. And after about three years in Houston, we were ready to raise our children. And we wanted to get to a smaller town to do that. Uh, so I actually took a job with a telecommunications company, still in accounting, up in East Texas in Lufkin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And we spent five years in Lufkin, and we absolutely loved it. it yeah. Beautiful up there. We made a lot of good friends. We got very involved in our church. And probably two things led to me understanding God's call in my life. One was our involvement in the local church. Mm-hmm. We started serving. We started ministering. We started teaching high school students, Sunday school classes. My wife and I both did. And then on a personal level, 
The other thing was, for the first time in my Christian walk, I started to study the Word for myself seriously. Hmm. Not only on in church on Sundays, but I would start uh, reading my Bible on my break time at, at work at the office. I'd keep my little Bible in my desk drawer, and I'd pull it out during the day at lunch and on break. And I was just really growing spiritually for the first time. And that sparked those two things, involvement in the local church, uh, diving into God's Word with personal study, uh, just opened my eyes and spiritually, and I started to sense God speaking to me uh, about some things he wanted to do in my life and how he wanted to use me. Yeah, And I had never, I guarantee at that point, I'd never had one passing thought about being in ministry. And we took about two years to pray through that decision mm-hmm. from the beginning of when God began to stir. And I started to ask questions about, why did God create me? Why, did it, why am I even here? Why did he give me breath? Why does he continue to give me breath? Is it because he wants me to help this company do its financial reports every month? And I thought, no, there's a million people out there that will follow me if I quit tomorrow. There's a mm-hmm. lot of accountants out there that will fill this role, and this company will move on just fine. Right. Uh, but it seemed like God was saying, but I've got something else to do for you that has some eternal value to it. So for two years we prayed, and we waited for God to speak really clearly to both my wife and myself. From the very beginning, both of us thought, if this is what he's calling us to do, he's going to tell you that independently, and he's going to tell me that independently. Yeah. So we wouldn't even really talk about it. Uh, just every few months, I'd say, "Have you heard anything?" You know, <laughs> as God, you know, kind of kind of showed up and told you anything specifically yet. And she'd say, "No, I'm still praying and I'm waiting on that word." And I would say the same thing. And then finally, one day, we both looked at each other and we both kind of had that look in our eyes. And I said, "Well, I'm I'm confident what God's calling us to do." She said, well, that's interesting. I'm confident, too. Wow. And I said, well, I think he's calling us to pastoral ministry. And yeah. we had talked about and prayed about missionary service. Yeah. Uh, we talked about starting a Christian business because I had that business and accounting background. We had really asked God, you know, you seem to be leading us into some kind of form of ministry, but we didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But on that day, we realized it was pastoral ministry. And a lot of people in our church had helped us discern that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible talks about getting that wise and godly counsel right. from Christian friends. And the folks that we loved and respected and trusted the most in our in our Christian walk, uh, mature Christians, even before I would ask them at church, part of this process was people would start walking up to me and say, Glenn, uh, we've kind of observed you in church these last few months and different things. We've heard you pray the offertory prayer on Sunday morning. We've Our son's been in your Sunday school class, whatever it was. They would say, have you ever thought about going into ministry of mm. some kind? Because we see some skills and gifts that God seems to have put in your life that we think he could use in, in his service. And when they were saying that to me, I had not, that was before I had mentioned anything publicly to anybody else. They had no clue that that's exactly what I was praying about. It was your confirmation. It was my confirmation. Yeah. And so all along the way, God confirmed it. Once we yielded to that call, we immediately – I quit my job. We sold our house. Uh, we got uh, accepted into seminary up in Fort Worth. We had two girls uh, that were both under two years old, you know, mm-hmm. in diapers, on formula. It wasn't necessarily an a easy time to, yeah. to pick up and a total different life change. Uh, but we just followed God. We just trusted him. How's the transition from uh, going from a business mindset over to now transitioning over to ministry? Is there really a big difference? Tell me a little bit about that. And I think there's a huge difference, but I will say that a lot of what I learned during my eight years as a CPA d- does help in ministry. Yeah. And I didn't realize it at the time, but once I stepped into ministry, I looked back and realized God was preparing me all along. Mm-hmm. Um, in dealing with people, I was an auditor is what I was, which meant every six weeks or so, I would go out to a different company, and you'd have to build new relationships with people in their workplace. You were the stranger coming into their life. You had to build their trust 
because you were going to have to work with them as you kind of and, and you were the one looking over their shoulders to see if they'd made any errors or anything else. Yeah. The auditors are not the most welcome people in the world right. when you step into a business <laughs> office. Uh, so it, it, I learned really quickly uh, that the key to my success in business was their building relationships, letting people know you weren't there to catch them anything. You were just there to do your job, but you were going to be very honest and upfront with them. Um, and then I had to deal with the secretary and the CEO and everybody in between. Hmm. So you just learned to deal with all kinds of people from all kinds of different backs, backgrounds and walks of life. And I realize now that God was preparing me for ministry because hmm. ministry is about people. That's right. And that and that's where those similarities are there. Yeah. The difference, obviously, is in the eternal value of hmm. what you're doing once you step over into ministry. Yeah. I mean, I'm humbled every day in ministry because I never know when I step in the office what's going to happen. Uh, I might get a call from uh, a couple that says we need to come in and talk because we had a huge fight last night and we've decided to, to end our marriage. Mm-hmm. And so the first two hours of my day are, is trying to help this couple uh, turn to God and let him come into their marriage and start to, to reconcile that and try yeah. to save that marriage. And when you're involved in something like that, and then maybe in the afternoon, I already know at 3 o'clock I've got to go do a funeral for a family who's lost a loved one in the last few days. Then maybe that weekend I've got a wedding to do yeah. on that Saturday. I yeah. mean, ministry is just so varied. And, and it, no matter what it is, everything you're doing, it seems like in ministry, you understand it's got huge impact on mm-hmm. people and their life and their future and then obviously in their, their, their relationship with God. Absolutely. I want to talk a little bit about your church and what's going on there. But before we do that, I want to back up just a little bit because you mentioned – uh, that even before you were you were called to be a pastor by God, that you were very involved in your church, and um, as a pastor, I know how important it is to have good key people, pillars of the church that are just movers and shakers. They're in there, they're there to work, they're there to make sure that things are getting done, expanding the kingdom of God. They're they're bearing all the fruits of the spirit, everything. Uh, how difficult was it to to walk away from a church where you know that you have been? Uh, a part of and just uh, helping out in every aspect is to go to the pastor and say, you know what, this is what I'm feeling from God, and I'm going to have to step out. Well, the hardest part of leaving Lufkin and going off to school to seminary uh, was leaving friends behind. And for us, that meant church friends because our life, our social life and everything was around the friends we knew through our young adult Sunday school class. We had a group of young couples that we'd been with for five years, and most of us had just gotten married and were young in our marriages during that time. And most of us started to have our children during that time. Mm-hmm. So we had a group of 10 to 15 couples. They were there when our children were born. We were there when their children were born. And we had just shared all of those early adult life experiences together. And that was something we hadn't had at probably any other stage in our in our life up to that point. Yeah. And it meant so much to us. And so that was the hardest part was saying goodbye to those friends which was to the Sunday school class. Yeah. Uh, I hated to leave the, the responsibilities we had at church behind, but, of course, knowing that God was going to lead us into a, a church vocation ministry, uh, I think that made it a, a little bit easier. And I think for our church, I mean, my church was so loving, they sent us off with nothing but encouragement and support, awesome. stood behind us, and just they saw what God was doing in our life and, and knew what he was going to do, and they were just happy to be a part of that. That's awesome. It was a beautiful thing for, yeah. for to, to experience that and to see them say, man, we love you and we're going to miss you, but you go with our blessing. Now, you made a conscious decision to be more or to get more involved in the church, and you made a conscious decision to get into your word more and study it more. So just if I were to do, if I were to do a little bit of role-playing here, uh, isn't it enough 
to just go to church Sunday morning and just listen to the preaching? Why do more than that? I mean, shouldn't that be enough? Well, that's never going to be enough. I always tell people the enemy never sleeps. I mean, he's he's going to be out after you trying to pull you away from God seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the world, and all of us live out there in the world, the television, the movies, the, the music, everything that we've got, so much of it is putting in us the wrong messages, teaching people the wrong principles. Mm-hmm. So in other words, we've got to then, to combat that, we've got to feed ourselves God's Word every day. Uh, we have got to fill ourselves up with the truth, yes. uh, with the principles that give life and are going to bring br- blessing into our life. And when we don't, it, it, it's like physically when you don't take care of yourself and you just make yourself susceptible to disease. We've got some people in our congregation for different reasons. Their immune systems are repressed. Mm. And because of that, they get infections all the time. They get pneumonia. They get staph infection. They pick up viruses or whatever. Yeah. When the other people don't do that, and the difference is the immune system that's fighting off those things. Spiritually, your immune system is not as strong as it should be mm-hmm. if you're not taking care of yourself spiritually, feeding yourself the way that you should. And as soon as your spiritual immune system is repressed, you open yourself up to Satan's attack. And inevitably, that person who tries to, to do it by only showing up at church on Sunday, and there's nothing else going on in their life that's helping them grow in their faith, uh, inevitably that person uh, drifts away or allows some sin to enter in their life that, that, that ultimately harms their family, yeah. harms their marriage, whatever it is. Yeah. So. All right, so there you go. You've got a challenge on behalf of uh, Pastor Glenn Thigpen of Northwest uh, Hills Baptist Church and your friends here at AM630 KSLR. Do more than just go to church Sunday morning. Get into your Word and uh, just really learn exactly what God has. What is the purpose for your life? Uh, Amen. Pastor Glenn found it, and uh, and it's up to every single one of us to also find our own purpose. Amen. And it's only through the direction of the Holy Spirit. It's only through the direction of God himself. Amen. So let's talk a little bit about your church. What's going on over at uh, Northwest Hills? Northwest Hills Baptist Church. I've been uh, at the church for about 11 years, seeing God do so many amazing things through those years. He's grown our church. Uh, most importantly, we've expanded our ministry so that mm-hmm. we're just touching more lives, reaching more people. That's our goal, just mm-hmm. to continue to be used of him. Uh, we try not to set too many goals as far as at the end of the day he wants us to be this size or, or do this many things or whatever. We just try to every day do everything that he's calling us to do and let him be the God of the increase. Yeah. He'll take us where he wants us to, to go. We just stay submitted to him. And you, you've taken your ministry outside of the four walls of the That's church, right. and you're now reaching out to the community on, by means of the food bank. You're reaching out by means of opening up a, a school where kids can come and learn. And so tell me about your outreach ministry and what's going on out there in the community. Yeah, and Mark, you mentioned two of probably our biggest outreaches. Let me start with our school. It's actually been around for about 30 years, but we've seen tremendous growth in the last five or six years and mm-hmm. even the last two or three uh, we, we operate a private Christian school, Northwest Hills Christian School. Uh, it's pre-K three-year-olds all the way through eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're really praying about and hope that we can expand through the high school grade sometime soon. All Our parents have been asking us for years, yeah. uh, please, please go through high school. We want to keep our kids here all the way through. And uh, it's a great, great ministry. I get the privilege of speaking at chapel uh, to, to the students. Uh, it's a Christian-based curriculum. We use mm-hmm. Abeka and some other curriculums that the primary goal for us is that the curriculum is Christian-based. Amen. We want our kids, obviously, it's a school. We want them to be educated and learn to read, write, and, and all of that. But we put above that 
the primary goal is teaching them God's Word, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully the best we can, leading as many of them as possible into a relationship with Christ. That's awesome. And so it's a Christian environment. I'll tell a funny story. When I first uh, came to the church about 11 years ago, uh, I don't run the school day-to-day. I just kind of oversee it, but we have a principal that's responsible for the oversight of the day-to-day operations. And mm-hmm. our principal at the time, for the first time that she needed my input, she had called me and said, can you come down here? I've got a couple of uh, middle school students, and we've got a discipline issue, and I kind of need to get you involved in this. I'd like for you to talk to these young men and you know, kind of help try to straighten them out. So I was walking down the hallway, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, if we've got this big disciplinary issue, I can't imagine – you know, what, what, what's happened, what they've done. And, of course, I'm used to a public school yeah. setting, and I'm in that mindset. And we get down there, and the principal meets me outside of her, her office, and she tells me, well, this is some young men that have been using some language that they shouldn't be using. Well, so then I'm thinking also, okay, that gives me a little more detail. Oh, we've got some guys that have, you know, learned some curse words here, and they're mm-hmm. doing those. Well, it turns out the the big thing was that they had been calling some other kids stupid. Mm. And it's funny looking back now, but I almost laughed when I heard that because yeah. I thought, okay, you called the pastor to come down here and get involved <laughs> in this big disciplinary issue because yeah. he's for a middle schooler. You compare that to what they're experiencing out in the public schools and middle school, yeah. Uh, and it, and it's just like night and day. Mm. And because I then had my two daughters also at that time, you know, now they're up there in the in second, third, fourth grade age range. Once God led us to San Antonio. I was so happy to know they were in an environment where they were going to be exposed to uh, so much different kind of positive yeah. things than the kind of stuff you get exposed to out in the world. Now, look, a Christian Christian school is not a perfect environment. We know that. And uh, the world, unfortunately, creeps its way in. And students, sure. are, students are out there in their private time being exposed to things in movies and music. And, and we have to stay on top of a lot of things. But mm-hmm. the great thing about Northwest Hills Christian School, if you send your student there, you know that – the entire environment is permeated uh, with grace and love and with an attention towards the spiritual things mm-hmm. as the priority things in our life. And, and this, I, this gives you also an opportunity to reach into those homes, um, not just with the education, but with the Word of God. That's exactly right. Yeah. And you told me something earlier when we were talking before the program, Mark, about uh, a lot of your listeners, perhaps, even though you got a, a wonderful Christian audience out there, a lot of them perhaps don't have a home church. Right. We find out you would – we have a lot of great Christian families. Obviously, they're seeking a Christian education for their students. Yep. But when you talk to them, you find out they also, so many of them, don't necessarily have a home church. Wow. And they're not involved in church. Mm-hmm. And that really surprised me when I first got involved with our school to see those statistics and, and realize that was the case. And so we do. We have a wonderful opportunity through the children uh, to also build a relationship with the parents and, like you said, get God's Word to that entire family. Yeah. And when you have a family that's that's trying to do the right thing, but they're not plugged in mm-hmm. uh, locally in a church and different things, you see a, a radical impact happen uh, when you start to be able to develop those relationships. Yeah. So uh, we, we've seen amazing things happen in our school. The wonderful thing about being a, connected with the school is that for all of those 380 students and their families, for the ones that don't have churches that they go to separate from our own church, I really do become their pastor. Mm-hmm. And so I get to do a lot of counseling. Those couples and those families will come to me and seek me and our other staff members out. Yeah. And we're a small enough church 
that I can still make myself available to pretty much anybody and everybody that, that has a need. That's awesome. Uh, and, you know, I know some bigger churches, it's just not possible for pastors to do that. And they've got to delegate that a lot right. to associate staff. Uh, but pretty much anybody, not only in our church, but in our school uh, that wants to sit down with me, I'm going to be available there to do that. It's my privilege mm-hmm. to do so. And it's just been a wonderful thing to also be a pastor to our school families and not only my church families. That's awesome. Not not only do you reach out in that sense, but you also reach out to the community with your food with the food distribution. We do. How does that work? And that that's a ministry that also has seen tremendous growth uh, in the last few years. We've uh, added some partnerships instead of just doing it all on our own. Which before we would collect all of our food, we would give it out in kind mm-hmm. of some some random ways and help as many people as possible. We've gotten very organized and very intentional in how we do things now. And we partner with the San Antonio Food Bank, uh, which means we get a lot of our food through them and from them. Mm -hmm. It also means now that when people call the San Antonio Food Bank and need help, they will send them to our church. We basically minister to an area of five different zip codes around that 78250. The other four surrounding zip codes are kind of our geographical area. And anytime anybody in that area needs food, San Antonio Food Bank will, will send them to Northwest Hills Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. And so anybody out there now that, that lives in that area or knows anybody that lives in that area that might have a need, uh, please have them contact us. We give out food every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. We also give out clothing. We also have usually some children's toys or some small furnishings items. Uh, Is there some type of qualification, prerequisites, or something that they've got to go through in order to qualify? No, there's really not, not in that particular ministry. They just show up. They need an ID so that we have to – the food bank has us take just a little bit of data and information to track a few things. Uh, But there's no questions. There's no qualifications. It's just if you have a need, we're here to meet that need and minister to you. Uh, A lot of times, folks – I want to encourage people who come by also – Uh, For food, we have folks that are there available to pray with you. Uh, We have Bibles that we will give out to anyone that that asks for one. Mm -hmm. And also, I'm available there during the day. Most days I'm there if I'm not out on a hospital visit or something. And anybody that comes in for food, if it seems like they've got something going on in their life that they need some prayer, uh, our volunteers will come grab me out of my office, and, and I'll walk down there, or they'll bring that person down to my office, and, and I'll talk to them and pray with them. And so we give give a lot of hands-on ministry contact mm-hmm. to folks who come in the door uh, seeking help. So All right. We also – let me ask something real quick, Mark. We also do a senior food delivery. Uh, I believe it's the third Saturday of every month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a state program that we're part of, and our volunteers from our church that third Saturday – uh, take food out to, to two different uh, senior adult living complexes where folks are on fixed income, and we deliver food to them. Wow. And, and that's really awesome. When you see 70 and 80 and 85-year-old folks that are struggling to stretch their Social Security check and make ends meet, struggling really just to, to put food on the table for themselves, it's a blessing for us to be able to come alongside of them and help them out and minister to them. And that's just been another new area that we've expanded into recently uh, that God's really provided for and really blessed. Well, you and the church, you guys are being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. When you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Give us a sneak peek uh, about your church, what's going on, the different ministries uh, that you have uh, in place already for the different age groups. Yeah, I would just encourage people out there. We've got a great men's ministry and great women's ministry, a lot of the things that that most churches have. Uh, My associate pastor and youth minister has been with me for about eight years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pastor Tim is 
absolutely wonderful with young people. Yeah. And uh, we're very active youth group. They do camps during the summer. They do mission trips during the summer. Uh, for about three summers after Katrina happened, our youth went down every summer three years in a row and did ministry down in the parts of New Orleans that mm. were destroyed by the hurricane. Uh, then they went to a little small town in Arkansas uh, to do a mission trip. They went to Pan- Panama City, Florida last year. And uh, so every summer there's a, there's a different mission trip for our young people. There's also all the camp activities available for them. Let me encourage people to just to get all the details off our website. Yeah. Uh, the church website is nwhbc.org. And that's just the acronym for Northwest Hills Baptist Church, nwhbc.org. And then get all the dates, all the times. You can register for most things online. You can get in contact with any of the ministerial staff uh, through the website and shoot us an email. We'll get back with you. Also, our phone number is just area code 210-522-1000. My secretary's name is Jennifer. And if you'll call Jennifer uh, anytime during the work week, she will get you any information you might want on the church. Now, you've got some, uh, some events coming up here, spring and summer. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we do, um, especially like Vacation Bible School. Yeah. Uh, I think I, it's going to be in mid-June. I don't know if I have the dates right in front of me here. Mm-hmm. I really encourage our folks. I know a lot of churches have uh, good Vacation Bible Schools. We try to do uh, a, some non-standard things there, both with the age groups that we include, and then uh, we kind of add on to the material some of our own internal things that we create and add to it. Uh, and I think most folks would find it to be uh, something their children really be excited about. Mm-hmm. So, the, again, if they'll hop on our website, they'll see. I think it's like June 22nd, uh, but they'll see there in mid-June is when our Vacation Bible School is yeah. going to be there. Uh, let me also say for the adults, uh, besides the standard programs, usually every other year we take a group over to Israel. And uh, we're in the process right now of planning a trip to Israel for late 2012, for mm-hmm. late later in this year, probably around October time. And that's always a wonderful trip. I've been three times now, led three mm-hmm. groups, and, and this will be an opportunity later in the year, hopefully, to, to lead a fourth group over there. And uh, folks can also get some information. We don't have the date set yet, uh, but if you think you might be interested in that, if you'd go ahead and call and give us your name and contact information so that we can get back with you as soon as we kind of get things finalized here in the next four to six weeks on that. Uh, so it just seems like there's always something like that that's going on. Uh, most people are surprised for a church our size because, again, we're probably a, what you'd call a medium-sized church. Um, folks are surprised how many activities are, are ongoing. It sounds going like you guys are very busy. Year. We are. <laughs> we, we, we put a lot on the table. I've got a great staff that does things um, and, and just the highest quality you could imagine of, of ministers as far as their heart for ministry. That's awesome. Well, we want to thank you, Pastor, for being here. Uh, again, we've been uh, talking to Pastor Glenn Thigpen from uh, Northwest Hills. Uh, Baptist Church. Um, their address again is 6585 Heath Road. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, 85, I'm sorry, 6585 Heath Road. Number, if you want to get a hold of them, is 210 522 1000. 522 1000. Or if you want to look them up on the internet, just uh, simply type in their acronym for Northwest Hills Baptist Church. That's nwhbc.org. Pastor, thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you being here with us. It's been my privilege. God bless. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.